0: Hello and welcome to the Garden Church Podcast. We've been waiting for you. We pray this message inspires, encourages and blesses you. Thanks for listening. Today I'm excited because I'm launching today, the first day of a week of thanksgiving. I'm excited by that. I know there's two or three of you that are really excited, so that's great. <laughs> by the end, I pray there's some lift in your spirit. I really do. I'm excited for this prompting to lead our church in a week. It's an inaugural practice of Garden Church from the years to come, I believe. And starting this year, today is the first day, Thanksgiving. You say, you know, Landon was out here before, beautiful Canadian gentleman. You say, is this something that um, Americans and Canadians do? They have a week, a day of thanksgiving? Well, they do, uh, as they remember. uh, I believe the pilgrims, you know, giving thanks for the initial harvest and giving thanks. They do that. But we're going to do our own thing because that's them. That's beautiful. God God bless them. It's a great thing just to do. But for us. As we step into this, I want you to hear our heart that there's a theme throughout all of scripture to be people that give thanks. And, and, and so this is Australian, Northern Rivers, Garden Church, week of Thanksgiving. And you say, well, what, why would we give thanks? Well, I'm going to open up that a little bit today. And I pray it would just refresh us together as we align our hearts around this thought today. But I believe it's a beautiful and rich practice that we'll discover as a community of faith even this year, as we pause and give thanks. Pause? Is that even a possibility? All things are possible to them that believe. So here's our text. Maybe just a little bit down in the forward now. Thank you. It's, it's hard to get it right sometimes with the band going. Here we go, Luke 17, 11 to 19. Here's the text. You can follow along on the screen. As Jesus continued, so we're talking about Jesus, which is a good thing in church. <laughs> Doesn't always happen. As So Jesus is, is ministering now. He's a grown man. As Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, ten men... Everybody say 10 men. With leprosy stood at a distance. Very significant. They stood at a distance crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, everyone say one of them. When he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus, shouting, praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet. Now watch this. Thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. He wasn't supposed to be on the in crowd. (laughs) Jesus asked, didn't I heal 10? I mean, it's a good question. Didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. (laughs) If you grab this principle today of this message, your life will be blessed in wonderful, fresh dimensions. Your relationships will be enriched. You'll have a fresh life giving perspective on life. Maybe even your workplace, God forbid. That was a joke. And keep on smiling until you kind of giggle. You'll be a joy to be around if you get this principle today. There'll be lightness in your emotional well-being and I can sense that we need this message today. That's why I'm going to preach right in your grill this morning because we need a breakthrough in this place this morning. You'll be invigorated in your soul. And how many of you know this season we need invigoration in our soul more than other seasons? You see, what I'm speaking on today is a strong theme throughout Scriptures And we're going to learn from this one leper, not the nine, but the one. And here's the thought today. We're going to learn the blessing of a thankful heart, thankful spirit rather, a blessing of a thankful spirit. First of all, let's think about this leprosy. I mean, it was ripe in Jesus' day when he was on earth. Leprosy was a skin disease, a a skin disorder that would rot away the flesh. It would attack the outer layers of the skin and go deeper into the muscles and the sinews to the point that it would cause such dysfunction in, in the skin capillaries that some limbs would sometimes fall off because of the rotting away nature of this disease, leprosy. It was a horrible disease. In fact, it was the law, the law of the day, according to the scriptures, uh, that lepers couldn't uh, assimilate with other people in the community, that they must be isolated. Have you heard that word in the last couple of years? They must be isolated from the rest of the community, away from society. So you can imagine somebody, and, and there was there was no, uh, every, every kind of class, uh, were affected by uh, leprosy, uh, low, lower class, middle class, upper class, or it, it was non-discriminates, is what I'm saying. Uh, that people were affected by this disease, leprosy, and, and taken away from their families, cast away from their family, possibly even their business, and sent to live by themselves, isolated from the rest of the community. Uh, But what they were allowed to do, they were allowed to find community within themselves. You've heard the saying, a bird of the feather flock together. That's why we find 10 lepers together in a community. They're finding community even in their brokenness. (laughs) That happens. And so here they are, they're cast out. In fact, it was the the law that lepers, had. they couldn't wear normal clothes. They had to wear certain garments that were ripped so people could recognise them from afar. And if people didn't recognise their garments, they also, if they were approaching other people that did not have leprosy, would have to speak loudly and shout, Unclean! 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 What a proclamation over your own life. So you can see that this not only affects a leprosy in Jesus, they not only affects them socially, relationally, physically, and spiritually. Spiritually it was looked down on that they were sinners, that they must have done something wrong, and they were, they were outcast, you see. This is why it's so significant the words that the lepers cry out to Jesus. Remember they're from afar because they weren't to, allowed to be up close. But that never seemed to stop Jesus. <laughs> Some of you still think that you can't get up close to Jesus because your leprosy, your uncleanness is despicable to him. The goodness of Jesus is that he was pure, but he was not look, did never look down upon our sinfulness, but it is through his purity that we're made, Pure. His righteousness for our unrighteousness is the greatest exchange that a man or woman could ever know. And here's Jesus and these lepers. They're lepers. They're found community. Remember, there's 10 of them. And they're calling out to Jesus. Jesus, have mercy on us. Uh, I really want, as your pastor, I want you to know deep in your spirit what mercy is and what grace is. Because it's foundational to your followership of Jesus. Mercy is not getting what you do deserve. And so they're saying, these lepers are saying, you know, we deserve to be outcasts. We deserve to be ostracized, but have mercy on us. Don't give us what we deserve. You've been shown the mercy of God, I'm telling you. Grace, on the other hand, is getting what we don't deserve. And God's shown us both through Jesus Christ mercy and grace. So here are these lepers. They're, they're, they're crying out, have mercy on us. And I'm telling you, if there's something that gets Jesus' attention, is when somebody says, Have mercy on me, Jesus. Don't, don't let me have, don't let me receive what I do deserve, but have mercy on. And he got, they did, they got Jesus' attention. The significant thing that I just want to point out before I, I give you some thoughts around this a bit further, is... The same thing that stands out to Jesus stands out to me that there's one. There's one that returns. I mean, the nine nine realise they're cleansed when they're on their way to the priest. Why did Jesus send them to the priest? Well, the law required it, that if somebody was to be healed of leprosy, they would have to go to the priest. The priest would go through this intense ritual of, of ceremonial cleanness And then he would pronounce them clean and then they can assimilate back into life, back to their business. They could go back to their family. Once again, it could be pronounced clean and they could assimilate again. That's why Jesus said, go to the priest. And on their way, they're like, whoa, I'm clean. The leprosy that was on my skin. And in my fingers is now cleansed. But there's one who pauses. There's one who pauses and stops his path to the religious practice and stops and says, hang on a minute, I'm going back to the one. I'm going to Jesus. Why was there only one? I mean, it's all speculation, but why was there only one to return? Were the others just so excited? (laughs) Understandably, I guess. Were they just so excited that they, were going to, that they were cleansed? They could get back to their parents, their family, their kids. They could love their wife, hug their wife again. Were they just so excited? Did they just get lost or distracted? Or maybe was there a sense that they deserved to be cleansed? I deserve this. I've had leprosy for 10 years. I deserve to be cleansed. Did, did they just feel a sense of entitlement? I'm entitled to be cleansed. Entitlement stands in direct contrast to thankfulness. And so the spirit of the age, and I'm not just talking about a demographic of age, the spirit that we live in is an entitlement generation, that I deserve this. The the trouble with that is that it it, it stands in, in contrast to a thankful spirit. That is, I may not deserve this, Particularly when it comes to heaven and all that he has done for us. I do not deserve this, but it's by his mercy and his grace that I receive this. God does not have to do anything, he is God. (laughs) He is only bound by a covenant. Oh, I just can't get into that this morning. He's only bound by a covenant. That's the only thing he has to do. He's bound by a covenant towards you. And that is a covenant of his decision of love towards you. And that cannot, it will not ever be broken. And so here's the difference between the nine and the one. And we're going to learn from the one. Some of you are warming up this morning. I'm just going to preach it. If you're going to pick it up, go ahead. Because you'll be running through this week if you pick it up this morning. I'm telling you. The first thing, the blessing of a thankful spirit. Now, I had about seven. I broke it down to three that I saw in this passage just because I couldn't fit it in. But that's all right. The first thing I want to point out this morning is this, of what the leper did. Is he shouted, verse 15, he shouted praise to God. His last words before this was mercy, have mercy on us. And now he's saying, "Praise God. See, a thankful spirit transforms your language. It transforms your language. Hebrews 13:15 says this, "Therefore, by him, by Jesus, let us, us continually offer the sacrifice." Of praise to God, that is the fruit of our, come on, somebody, fruit of our lips, giving what? Giving thanks to His name. Fruit of our lips, shouldn't it say fruit of the tree? Isn't that where fruit hangs from? No, no well, the point of the writing is he's saying that there's fruit that comes from your lips, from your mouth, and you will enjoy the fruit of your lips, giving thanks to his name. Can I say it another way? For us that are, are contemplating having a thankful spirit, let's not be people that say one thing and expect something else. Because you will eat the fruit of your lips. Ah, It's very quiet this morning. And so I'm just, the more quiet you are, the more I'm just going to get in your grill. So you come with me. Many times we use our words to describe a situation or a circumstance where our God-given position in Christ is to prescribe our future through Jesus Christ, through our words. Uh, Now, you're not getting this, so I'm going to come down here so I can spit on you. In Jesus' name. You see, we've got to understand something. Like unlike all other species on the planet, the humanity is created in the image of God. My chocolate Labrador is not created in the image of God. He is cute and a boof head, but he's not created in the image of God. But you are in the likeness of God. And so you, my chocolate Labrador, does not bark and create his future. He does not bark or moan and create his, his perceived destiny. But God has given you and I an ability through the way that we've been designed in the likeness of God to create through our words. You see, God did not think the world into existence. He fought and then He spoke. Let there be light. Let the light separate themselves. He spoke. Can, can you please pick this up today? That there is creative power in the words that you speak. And so when we understand this in the context of thankfulness, we can moan or groan or whine or complain. But we're missing our calling as a human being. I remember moaning and groaning about something and Jesus just pulling me up really clearly. He said, "John, you are not a victim and you're speaking language of a victim. <laughs> so I'm just telling you what he told me. <laughs> you're an overcomer. You were called with a high calling. And so in this season... It, Particularly, So this is a really good placement for this message because it's particularly clear at this time of year. When we can moan or groan and complain about the season instead of speaking something of life into a situation. The first thing we see in this passage in response to a thankful spirit is that his language changes. I remember one of my mentors saying to me, Jono, if you're going to say a sentence... And you can't finish the sentence with, and that's just the way I like it. Don't say what you're about to say. So if you're about to say, my boss is a real wombat and it's just the way I like it. Maybe not the appropriate thing to say. My life is just horrible at the moment. And that's just the way I like it. Instead, with those two examples, maybe you can flick it around. and Instead of complaining to your boss, I'm so thankful I have a job. I'm so thankful I have a job. My wife and I fight all the time. And that's just the way I like it. You can flick it around. I'm so thankful I have a godly woman in my household. We're working on some stuff to be true. But when we work through this, I'm telling you we're going to be stronger. We're going to be more Christ-like. And there's going to be something in our marriage that is unstoppable. See, what a thankful spirit does. It changes your language. It changes your language. And God is looking for people, even in this season, that said, you know what, I'm just not going to be like the crowd. I'm going to have a different... Language is the second thought here, and I love this. In verse 16, it says that this leper, he realised he was cleansed. He said, praise God, but then he comes and he fell to the ground at Jesus' feet. (laughs) So the nine go to the priest. They've got their gift. This one stops. He's got his gift, but it goes to the giver. (laughs) See, here's the point here of a thankful spirit. That A thankful spirit impacts your proximity to Jesus. Can I say that again? I didn't think the microphone was working. Your thankful spirit impacts your proximity to Jesus. In fact, the psalmist knew this. This was a pattern for people approaching the Holy of Holies. You can put a Psalm 100 up there like like this. This this is the approach that was ingrained in the people of God, going into towards God, to experience God, to encounter God before even Jesus came to earth. This is the words that they would say, that I will enter His gates. Gates were the outer, outside uh, container, the the fence, the the, the gates, the, the, the boundary that would proceed leading into the presence of God and encountering God. And they would say, I will enter His gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. You see, thankfulness impacts your proximity to Jesus. Here's this one that just didn't want the gift but wanted the real gift which is the giver. (laughs) You see, we're I set you in saying the blessing before, the blessing of a thankful spirit. I'm really speaking about Jesus. <laughs> I'm really thinking, talking about Jesus because the blessing of Christianity is wrapped up in Jesus. Beginning, middle, and end. Yes, there's so many other facets. There's community, there's purpose, but it's all found in Jesus. And so what thankfulness does, instead of our moaning or groaning or forgetting about Jesus, it brings us back to a place where we're close, proximity to Jesus. He found, finds himself at the feet of Jesus. <laughs> That's what a thankful spirit does, you see. See, this is very interesting because at any Given time in your life, possibly even right now, you can be living within attention. You can be living in attention of a part of your world that is a real blessing, and then on the other hand, a part that's a real burden or battle. At the same time, (laughs) your home life can be just such a blessing. But then your work life, it's just a real struggle at the moment. And to be mature, we got to understand that the tension possibly is there for most of our life. And so the question is, is which one is going to take our energy, our focus, and all, all our resource Is the battle and the burden? Uh, I mean, if I read it to you in Leviticus, where where is it? I've got got it here, Leviticus 14. You will see that these guys here who were sent to go to the priest really had a burdensome ordeal to be reinstated into community. It was a burden I had. I'll, I'll read two verses. There's 32 verses. I'll read two verses. These are the regulations of any diseased person at the time of their ceremonial cleansing. When they are brought to the priest, the priest is to go outside the camp and examine them. If they have been healed of their defiling skin disease, the priest shall order that to live The live, clean birds in some cedar wood, scarlet yarn and hyssop be brought for the person to be cleansed. Then the priest shall order that one of the birds be killed over fresh water in a clay pot. Shall I keep on going? He is then to take the live bird and dip it together with the cedar wood, the scarlet yarn and the hyssop into the blood of the bird that was killed over the fresh water. Seven times he shall sprinkle the one to be cleansed. As you can see, I'm getting exhausted just saying it. Cleansed of the defiling disease and then pronounce them clean after that he is to release the live bird in the open field. And there's 32 verses like this. <laughs> it's a burden. These, these guys went, yes, they got their gift, had to face the burden, forgot about the giver and the blessing, which was really Jesus. And so a thankful spirit brings you in close proximity to Jesus. I pray today we would have fresh eyes for the blessing. Like Elisha saw when he was surrounded by a great Armenian army that were after him and his servant. He had eyes to see that not only was he surrounded by the Armenian army that was a battle, but behind them was a greater blessing and that was chariots of fire sent from heaven. It was the armies of the living God. Do you have eyes for the blessing today? Let me ask you that. Do you have eyes for the blessing today? That's the thankful spirit. Here's the last thing. And Jesus said to the man, I love this, verse 19. Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. You see, there was 10 that were cleansed. The NLT says of this one leper that he was healed. The NIV says that he was made well. The Greek word is the word sozo. Here's the point. That when we respond to Jesus with a thankful spirit, it enlarges your world. That nine went home cleansed, their skin restored. But there was one that came to Jesus. The Bible says that he was healed. He was made well. Once again, the word is sozo. You say so? So? What does that mean? Well, let me tell you about sozo. Sozo a whole lot richer than cleansed. Put it up there on the screen, what it says, Sozo. Sozo, to save, to rescue, to deliver, to heal, to be in right relationship with God, with the implication that the condition before salvation was of grave danger or distress. See, this is the heart of Jesus, that he just doesn't want to cleanse you. He wants to sozo you. Turn the person beside you and say, are you sozoed? Because this speaks to me about the depth of what God wants to do in your life, that it's incomplete, that He's got so much more. It's so much more for you. I see it as one of the ailments in the modern church that we are satisfied with seeing people get cleansed. But there's so much more restoration. There's so much more freedom. There's so much more liberty. There's so much more life to live. There's redemption. There's restoration. There's reconciliation. It's the sozo of heaven. And what brought him to that place was a thankful spirit. When we get entitled or settled with just being cleansed, God wants to remind us by His Holy Spirit that I've got so much more for you. I've got so much more liberty for you. I've got so much more redemption for you. I've got so much more for you in Jesus' mighty name. See, our English words for thank and think come from the same word. So this week, we're going to think about the goodness of God. So we can thank Him for His goodness. And it will position us in a, the blessing. Of oh, a thankful spirit. Amen. I want the band to come. Garden is a life giving church with a passionate commitment to help people grow in a loving relationship with Jesus, to gather in a faith filled community, and to go and make a difference in our world. Find out more at gardenchurch.com. That's G A R D N church.com. Or on Instagram and Facebook at Garden Church. That's G-A-R-D-N Church.